This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Andrew Bryan, Don Brock and Chris Kennedy in the studio as always to get you through all the latest news. It's all happening at the Titans or there's nothing happening depending on who you chat to. Plenty of big scores in fantasy last week. Plenty of upsets. Boys, it was finals. How'd you go? Yeah, it was a boomer. I got really, really close to a 1,000 uh, points for the first time this season, but I had a few major strugglers in the shape of uh, Gallon and Wallace that uh, caused me to fall just short, sadly. Yeah, I did get a 1,000 for the first time this season, so uh, yeah, peaking at the right time. I did not get a 1,000 points. I don't think I went close. Okay, you can catch us on Twitter at AndrewBrown321, at CKennedy80, and at Dom underscore Brock. We'll have all the latest news and get on to your fantasy questions. Let's get into the show. Go straight into the first game. The Eels take on the Titans and breaking news in my ear set, Jared Hayne has been ruled out. Uh, obviously, Bevan French returns from the slight hamstring complaint for the Eels. CK, what can you tell me about Parramatta? Um, yeah, Jared Hayne out is big news, not completely surprising news given that he left uh, the ground last weekend in a moon boot having tweaked his ankle. I think it was in the first half and, and playing through it. Um, a few Twitter types suggesting there's nefarious reasons behind his omission or ulter- ulterior motives. I would encourage those people to unfasten their tinfoil hats because there's nothing that Jared would like more than to, uh, I guess, first of all, get out on the field and put the last week behind him, but also face off against his old mates at Parramatta. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be the, the case. Um, as for the Eels, I think they really missed Bevan last week, although I wouldn't uh, pin the performance that they um, put together based on the uh, the absence of one single player, but I'll certainly be a lot better with him back. Um, Will Smith back to Wenty. Um, Nathan Brown doing amazing things for quite a few of our fantasy teams, mine included at the moment. Um, a bit heavier on the tackles last week than the run meters that he has been uh, of late. Uh, but yeah, looking pretty good. He scored 75 in a losing effort, and that's just that's just great news for fantasy. He's obviously he just gets through so much work. We've talked about him numerous times on the podcast, but he's just such an improved player. Yeah, he's a really good all-round scorer. Last week, um, you know, they got tailed up by the Knights, the Mighty Knights. Um, so he made 55 tackles at least, I think. So, you know, he won't do that every week, but that helps. Um, you know, get those massive scores that he posts once in a while. And obviously, we just talked about the breaking news of Hayne being out, but no other real news happening in the Gold Coast. It's been pretty quiet up yep. there this week. Tyrone uh, Roberts back in the halves, Kane Elgy back to the bench, Max King, Locke, Pulu goes back to the bench. But this is a team that looks like they just want the season to be over. Yeah, it's, it's all going wrong, wrong on and off the field for them uh, these days. We think with Hayne out, Tyron Roberts will go back to fullback and LG will start, you imagine? You would think so, yeah. Um, yeah, but not a lot positive to say about the Titans these days. No, so. and even from a fantasy point of view, I think both props, Ryan James and Jared Wallace, let me down really badly last week. Uh, Ryan James been going really, really well, getting 70-odd minutes and scoring sort of in the high 50s-ish. Um, Jared Wallace obviously picked up an injury name to play this week, despite initial fears he might be out for a few weeks. Um, I think it's probably a sell for those of us who can upgrade him. I'm going to move him on for Jack DeBellin, I think, this week. And just fingers crossed that uh, Ryan James last week was a blip on the radar and he's back to his, you know, big minute, big scoring ways. All right, the Rabbitohs take on the Warriors. Uh, South Sydney mixed things up last week and obviously uh, sent social media into a bit of a spin when Angus Crichton was put on the bench, but he's in the he's back in the team this week. What's happening with South Sydney? Obviously, Sam Burgess goes to the front row, but... 
really, we don't really think that's going to affect his scores too much. He's obviously been ca- carrying that rib complaint, but Sam's going to play a similar role regardless of his, what numbers on his back. And you think that he'll still pump out the same minutes regardless playing at Prowl. Well, his minutes haven't been very good recently, anyway. With uh, he's been struggling with the uh, rib injury that he's uh, picked up a few weeks ago. He keeps playing forty something minutes and scoring forty something points. So sinbind, getting sinbind a couple of weeks ago, of course. So um, yeah, so at at prop, he scores you wouldn't think would drop from where they are. I don't know if he'll get back to those 50s and 60s that you know you want from him if you have him in your team. But um, but yeah, good news that Crichton's named to start this week. We expect he will actually start. I think so. He still scraped out 50 off the bench last week. It would have been annoying if you'd somehow captain him. But um, yeah, I think he's pretty reliable. I don't know if I'd quite be captaining either of those guys this week. And a little bit of uh, excitement around Cam Murray, who's a cheapie been named to start at lock. Yeah, so he's the reason, I guess, they've had the reshuffle this week. He played Sacramento last week, which is why Crichton was on the bench. But now, uh, yeah, his selection at lock means Burgess is at the front row. So promising things from, from him. Cam Murray's pedigree has been pretty good. He's been picked in like a thousand rep teams all the way through. I think he's made every single New South Wales and Australian schoolboys and every single rep team the way through. His pedigree is really good. He, uh, we've got an article on NRL.com uh, this week talking about that he feels ready to step up. He feels like his fitness is there to play 80 minutes if they need him. He seems like a really good kid and obviously if it had been the start of the season and this young kid had been named at lock, you would have jumped on him. But yeah. unless you're really struggling, uh, probably not one to buy. But from an NRL perspective, he looks like a good young player coming through. Well, that's it. It's just a bad time of year um, for cheap, you know, potential big minute locks. We've seen, you know, Matt Eisenhuth in recent weeks be an effective, I guess, cash out or downgrade option. But even that was getting late in the season. I think now with only a couple of games to go, it's I can't really see the incentive to get him over just a, a non-playing, you know, min-price guy. And what about Alex Johnson uh, averaging pretty well? He's just like a sneaky little player that might be a point of difference. Dom, what do you, what do you think about yeah, Alex? Yeah, I think he's been averaging around 60. In the last few rounds, yeah. yeah. He's been scoring a lot of tries, I guess, is the key to that. So, um, you know, he's top of the try scorers tally for this season now. Yeah, the last couple of big hauls have tipped him uh, ahead of the, the other Rapanas and Vernavalos and so on. Yeah, so if he keeps doing that, then the points will keep coming. I mean, it could happen against the Warriors this week. The Warriors have not been good uh, recently, so he could be up for another big score. It's still, you know, a bit risky having uh, an outside back there are more reliable guys obviously but if people are looking for points of difference you know could be an interesting option you mentioned the warriors madalino suspended replaced by charlie gubb kieran foreign returns which means mason lino drops out um not a lot to like about the warriors obviously a very disappointing season but we sort of come to expect that unfortunately from the mm. warriors they just for whatever reason like they've got the the kiwi spine but it just hasn't gelled but rts still scoring well despite all that yeah, getting the odd try, he tends to uh, score over 50 uh, every time he gets a try, which is happening on a semi-regular basis. So reasonably reliable second or third wing fullback for a lot of people. Um, Simon Mannering's probably the only other real uh, interesting option at the Warriors. Sean Johnson was a must-have before he got injured, but uh, Bodine was doing well before he got injured as well. But aside from Roger and Simon, I think that's pretty much it for the Warriors. And according to my stat sheet, Jacob Lilliman set to play his 250th NRL game. And as, as a game, I don't think we celebrate these milestones as much. Obviously, they're, they're coming around fairly often. The players are playing longer. 
getting more games, but 250 games. Uh, it's a, been a pretty good career for Jacob Lilliman. Yeah, it has. Milestones weren't particularly happy for anyone last weekend with Tim Manor and Paul Gallen both going down in spectacular fashion in their uh, 200th and 300th NRL games, respectively. Uh, for Ga- Jacob's hopes, start that one again. For Jacob's sake, <laughs> for I hope sake. this goes a little bit better than the, the other guys did. All right, the Broncos take on the Dragons. Brisbane, are they the real deal? They're quite close to the real deal. They're as, they're as close as it gets to the Storm these days. Um, them and the Roosters look like the other two, you know, real premiership threats. Their attack is fantastic. Best attacking team in the comp this year. Um, fraud pack's good. It's, yeah, just the consistency, I suppose. Um, well, do we think... So a lot of people are putting the line through them when McCulloch got ruled out for the season. Are they better in attack now without McCulloch, given Ben Hunt's creativity and running game, um, they seem to be managing. Obviously, that McCulloch's uh, defensive workload was going to be a huge loss to cover with Ben Hunt playing, you know, 50 or 60 minutes, um, and then Sam Thider or someone starting and soaking up the extra defence at the start as Wayne Bennett sort of unlocked the key to covering the defensive workload while getting the best out of his team in an attacking sense. Or are we just waiting for them to play a good team? Yeah, I think it's that. So in attack, they probably are slightly better, getting the most out of Hunt and Nicarima. Nikarima has just emerged and yeah. he got challenged earlier in the year to cement that halfback spot and gee, he's paid that back in space. One every game at that. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't lost a game with him playing yeah. seven, have they? Starting no, at no. seven. So, yeah. you know, uh, in attack they're probably better. In defence you would think, I mean, they have to miss someone like McCulloch in the middle of the field. So, yeah, when they play a good team, that could bring them unstuck. It's such a weird thing to lose a player of McCulloch's stature um, to say that they might even be better them without him because he's so important well he's been so important to that side defensively probably more than attack but Ben Hunt certainly um, showing that obviously he played 50 or 60 games at hooker before he sort of cemented that halfback role so yeah I think it makes them better against the weaker teams like when they tailed up the Titans uh, a couple of weeks ago but you know if they play against the Storm it's probably no better than they were before if not a little worse without McCulloch who knows Um, fantasy wise Again, there's not a lot new. Josh McGuire's been a bit up and down of late. Um, the halves, after lots of people were asking about Ben Hunt and Nicarima after their huge games against the Titans, they both were quiet last week. Um, Tata Morga had a great game last week, but he scored two solo tries, so that won't happen every week. So, yeah, despite them playing really well, I don't know how many great fantasy options they have. Mm, maybe James Roberts in the centres yeah. is one of the top two or three options in a position that's been pretty rubbish all year across the board but aside from that you're yeah, nothing massively appealing all right for the dragons Leeson Armar starts Tarek Sims comes off the bench and I guess for the dragons Kurt Mann 78 and 87 has really sort of shone the last couple of weeks and Cam McInnes pumped out a 94 we we're talking about uh off air uh, just about um his ability to get out of dummy half and if you can snag a try or two then you get tackle breaks and line breaks just from those little darts from dummy half and he crossed twice but 94 was very handy and I think most fantasy coaches would have him as their backup to Cam Smith. Yeah, he's always been the most, you know, the, the next most reliable option at hooker behind Smith just because he plays 80 minutes and makes a lot of tackles um, like, you know, McCulloch did before he got injured. So, um, and he tries a, a real bonus for McInnes. Don't expect that every week, but he should still get 55 and up. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think he's pretty much close to a must-have. We'll talk about Cam Smith a bit later on and potentially getting uh, rested in the closing rounds. But McInnes, you'd think, with the Dragons fighting for a spot, that you know, tr trying to scrape into the eight, um, and no, you know, bench hook or utility to take minutes off him. Uh, McInnes is absolutely reliable for a, a fifty odd every week without any attacking stats. Uh, elsewhere in the team, the forwards are still going well. Vaughan and DeBellin are, are pretty good options. Um, Matt Dufty's sort of eased up a bit after getting five plus tackle breaks a game in his first three weeks. But um, yeah, a few people cashed out to him, but uh, I don't know if he's quite as reliable as, uh, you know, Tedesco, Tuovasashek, Edward Slater at the back. We're expecting um, DeBellin and McInnes to be potential captain options this week against a rampant Broncos team. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they make a lot of tackles. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're both guys that probably score well either way. Yeah. Uh, DeBellin this year with his offloads and, and tackle breaks can score well, a bit like Paul Vaughan in a in a game where the Dragons have all the ball and then he's going to make a mountain of tackles in a game where they're under the pump as well, so pretty reliable either way. Talking about reliable and captaincy options, we go straight into the Knights v Storm and there's two schools of thoughts on this for Captain Smith, whether or not the Storm might be able to rack up some early points and get rested for the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, or whether or not that during that time you think that the Knights have won three in a row and obviously the Storm up against it coming up such a powerhouse as Newcastle, but you think that Cam Smith might score a lot of points against Newcastle even if he gets rested or if he doesn't get rested, that he'll be a pretty popular captaincy option against the Knights. Well, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, it wouldn't completely surprise to see Cam get, you know, 60 or 65 points at a point a minute and then get rested for the end of the game. I don't know if I'm really tipping him to get another, you know, 90-odd score with a whole mountain of try assists and six or eight goals. But like you say, the night's been pretty good the last three weeks. I don't know if the Storm will have it all their own way. I mean, Storm on their day can absolutely tail up anyone, as we saw with Manly at Amy Park um, the other week. But... Um, yeah, it could be probably a close-ish game, at least through to the 40-50 minute mark. Yeah, the Knights have obviously lost most of their games, but they haven't been really thrashed that often. So they could at least, at, you know, at home in good form, they could keep it close at least, which would mean the Storm will keep all their stars out there, you would expect. Um, even though, you know, I, mean, I don't know if we've discussed it anymore, but um, if there's any time the Storm can afford to start resting players, it's three weeks out from the finals. They've got the Knights this week. They've got the Rabbitohs next week, two teams they should beat. And if they don't beat them, it doesn't really matter in terms of their position on the table. They're going to get the minor premiership anyway, we expect. Um, so the risk is there. But, yeah, if I had to guess, I would guess Smith probably plays the 80 this week. But, you know, there's a chance he doesn't. Well, obviously, Bellamy wants his team going into the finals with some sort of form and, and continuity. But if it's a choice between, you know, really rolling over the top of, you know, bottom eight teams or, you know, pulling really important players off the field to ensure against, you know, fatigue and injury for the last 20 minutes. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he does hand out a few early showers uh, over the coming weeks. We were talking about this off air, but Craig Bellingham was on Sterlow last night and Sterlow asked him about, is he going to rest players before the finals? And he basically said, no, I'm not looking at doing that unless they're carrying a minor injury. Pretty much everyone is. So <laughs> I don't read into that what you will. But no, but actually, yes, maybe. Who knows? Very cagey from Bellamy. The, the Knights are unchanged, um, which is unsurprising. They've won three in a row, which is the first time they've done that since 2015, uh, where they won six in a row, uh, which was the back end of 2014 and the start of 2015. So it's been a long time since they've been winning consecutively. Uh, Brock Lamb has been really impressive. Scores of 51, 71 and 73 in the last three weeks, obviously coinciding with the Knights. Uh, winning and Dane Gago just keeps pumping up big scores. He's going to be a big loss for Newcastle, but 72 again 
against the Eagles. Yeah, Lamb's been playing really well and scoring tries as well, which has helped his fantasy scores a lot. Um, Gagai was already in really good uh, form, both you know fantasy and NRL-wise, and then switched to fullback last week um, and was you know, fantastic. Had three try assists, heaps of tackle breaks, a lot of run meters. Um, I assume that will continue, not necessarily the try assists this week, so... You know, it's probably a bit of an awkward time to pick him up if you haven't got him now. But um, for a dual position centre fullback, you know, in great form, he's not a bad buy. I don't know how many people own him, but he could be a bit of a point of difference option in the centres. We've talked about, you know, James Roberts, Tom Travojevich, these sort of guys being the, the better options. Um, Gagai against Melbourne. It just, I mean, obviously Melbourne are a good defensive team, but the fact they don't concede a lot of tries doesn't mean that someone like Gagai can't still break half a dozen tackles if he sort of gets the ball in a bit of From broken space. Or whatever exactly. So I, I can't, you know, imagine his score plummeting to, a, you know, a teens or a twenties type score given that the form that he's in. So should hopefully still be a, you know, a pretty good scoring option even against a, a team like Melbourne. Okay, we've touched on Melbourne, but for the team changes, Glassbee is out, Munster is back, and I guess you're talking about cohesion. The fact that Munster's been out for a couple of weeks, you probably, Bellamy might be inclined to keep those guys on the field a bit longer um, just to get that cohesion leading into the finals. Well, I think Slater missed round one or the first couple of rounds, and then uh, Munster was at his ankle or something. He missed the next six or eight rounds, and it was sort of the origin period, and um, a few other you know ins and outs. Just just quickly finishing off the storm, Jerem Hughes drops back to the bench. McLean starts with Asafa Solomona coming off the bench. Uh, we've already touched on being worried about Smith and Cronk and those sort of guys being rested, but I think this week I think it's probably too early to get any benefit from resting them unless they pump out a forty point first half. But I think the Knights have been good enough that the storm will give them their due respect. Uh, I mean, yeah, hopefully as a Cameron Smith owner, not hopefully as a Knights fan, but um, yeah, and, and, and we're assuming Cameron Munster does play. He wasn't named at all last week, missed the week before. Yeah, well, it's one of these um, low-grade high ankle sprains, which can be a little bit tricky, but shouldn't really keep him out for uh, for too long. The, the worrying thing is they've got every form of cover possible on their... Uh, yeah on the eight-man bench between the, the reserves and the, the interchange with, you know, Brodie Croft and Jerome Hughes and Slade Griffin and everyone else um, all in there so they could potentially pull any kind of late Swifty, and really. if there's any doubt at all, they don't want to risk a further injury to one of their stars Correct. with three weeks to go before the final. So you'd think they'd play it safe, but, you know, if he's fit, he'll play. All right. Uh, the Roosters take on the Tigers. Uh, Michael Gordon is back, which is a big in for the Roosters. Connor Watson goes back to the bench. Madison and Orbison are in the centres. The Mitchell Orbison rule applies, but he has actually been scoring pretty well in the centres anyway, with Joseph Manu dropping out of the side. Uh, Mitch Pierce obviously been pumping out some pretty consistent scores, 61 and 58. And the Tigers got up last week at Leichhardt Oval. Um, but they could be prime for a, a Mitch Pierce to, to score big again. Yeah, Pierce is, I think, had... Uh, he makes more tackles, I think, than any other halfback each game. Kick makes meters. him as opposed to missing, missing tackles. Yeah, sure, like James exactly. Maloney, who I think missed 10 yeah, last week. Yeah, indeed. Um, makes a lot of kick meters as well. So even in games when the Roosters lose, um, he still scores pretty well. His base stats are pretty good. His base stats are great. So... And when they win, like you would expect they would against the Tigers, then he starts getting the line break assists, try assists, tackle breaks, uh, etc. So this could be a, a really big week for Pierce. Yeah, and he's, I mean, like you say, he can score well in a, a win or a loss, which is good. I think that one quiet game was at the Cowboys one. He didn't really get any, um, you know, try assists or, or line break assists. But aside from that, he's been pretty reliable for a walk-up 50 or 60, which is good. Um, I think Michael Gordon back. 
this week. So that's, I mean, not massively relevant fantasy-wise, but it's great for the Roosters just in terms of their, um, you know, their, their playmaking spine and structure and um, their overall team performance. All right, for the Tigers, Lawrence is named in the second row, but in doubt and probably not likely to play. And I guess the, the big one for the Tigers is Tedesco, who is an absolute freak. 58, 61, 61, 58 and 59. They are just outrageous, consistent numbers for a fullback. Obviously, lots of tackle breaks and everything. They just throw, at one point against Manly, they were just throwing Tedesco the ball and saying, do something. It was like an under-7s game where you've got your star play and just throw the ball and see what happens. But Yeah, ridiculous how consistent that is for a, for a fullback who has to score you know, totally through attacking plays pretty much. He makes 10 tackle breaks a game, which is 30 points you know, for starters and then run metres on top of that. Um, so, yeah, absolute you know, mm. must-have at, at fullback. So many games this year that he's got to 40-odd at half-time and then finished in the 50s, or he's, there was one game, I think the one where he got Simbin for professional foul, he was on you know, less than 10 at half-time and still got over 50. It's, he seems to have a massive 40 minutes, then a quiet 40 minutes in, in either order. I'm just waiting for him to sort of get that 80 or 100 score. He's only got four tries this That's year it. in 18 games as well. With about, he's had about 12 taken away from him from the bunker yeah, as well. Exactly. So there's got to be a just a massive score at some point. Yeah. I don't know if it happens this week, though, against the Roosters. But, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, why not? Do it against the Roosters, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Cowboys take on the Sharks. Uh, the Cowboys have walked under seven ladders and walked past every black cat. Justin O'Neill, Sean Fenson add to the growing injury list for the Cowboys. They've been brave, but running out of troops. Uh, having said that, Kalen Ponga, pretty handy sort of superstar player to be able to call into your team and... Um, he's been carving up obviously under 20s and every time he stepped up to the NRL level, he's played really well. Uh, there might be some fantasy coaches who have kept him on their bench all this time, but Kalen Pong is kind of a handy player just to have as a backup. He's a very handy second backup winger. They've got Bowen already playing in the centres. He's normally their go-to backup, but they're very down on trips. Um, yeah, so, you know, he might score well. He's on the wing, which isn't as good as when he plays at fullback. Is Gil um, Mosby available? Yeah, I don't know if he's injured or not. Yeah. And he Lachlan Coot still has to has to prove his fitness, obviously. So there is a chance that mm. he goes to fullback. But I, from what I've heard, Coot's expected to play. But yeah. um, if he moves to fullback, then he's a 50, 60 point player for the Cowboys. Well, yeah, if you've got Pong, obviously you want to see him at fullback where he gets sort of the creative stats and the, the kick returns. And that He's not really the prototype modern winger. He's, you know, he's very creative and, and fast, but he's not one of those big bodies for the, the kick returns like, you, you know, Redradras and, and so on of the world. So I think uh, that's why he hasn't really played wing when they've needed a winger to come in. So we'll, we'll see how he goes. Sharks unchanged after getting belted last week, uh, which was pretty disappointing given the, the hype around Gal's 300. Gal himself only 24 points and Fafita also had a slow game. I guess the only real news is that Jaden Braley is a chance to, to return. But what happened to the Sharks last week? Obviously, there was some people like Captain Gallon and Captain Fafita uh, thinking that 300th game, the Sharks would get up for it, but they were pretty disappointing. Yeah, I don't know if it worked against them, the, the hype around the 300th game. Who knows? But that was yeah easily Gallon's worst score of the year. He's only a real bad score all season, I think. Um, usually he scores mid-40s at minimum and up. I assume he'll go back to that pretty quickly. Um, so I wouldn't panic too much if you have Gallon in your team. Fafita's had a bit of a lean trot in general, but scores around the 40s. He's capable of, you know, exploding. Um, mm. 
Well, Fafita's been quiet for a while. He yeah. hasn't really put in a big score for ages, whereas Gallon, this is a really left field score for him. He's just so consistent with his um, with his base stats. Um, a little bit weird that Sharks were so down in a milestone game after getting up for, for Luke Lewis's not that long ago and having a, a really good win for, for Louis out at Sharp Park. Um, like you say, Braley back, uh, they probably need him. Obviously, Seguiaro is a, you know, a star hooker of, of years gone by and, um, you know, had some injury dramas this year, but they certainly want both those guys available. I think Maloney might have been rushed back a little bit early from a hand injury. Hopefully he's better um, for an extra week, an extra run under his belt. Um, Fantasy-wise, yeah, that's probably the, the main talking points is, is Gallon for feeder. Can I just jump in? So we didn't mention Tom Alolo in talking about the Cowboys. Um, he finally paid off for mm. you at least, CK, as captain last week. first time that I've captained him and he's got more than about... 43, I think. <laughs> See, I put the absolute mock on him when I captained him. He got his lowest score of the year, I think, the first time I, I skipped him. So it was nice to finally get some payoff. So he got 75 last week. Will you be captaining him again this week? He's got a try in that? Yeah, yeah, a really good try. It's actually a really nice short ball from John Asiata yeah, playing from good. prop into halfback, just showing his silky ball skills. Um, I had so many options this week. Nathan Brown I could have gone last week. It was really good. McInnes. I think I'm buying Jack DeBellin this week for Jared Wallace. So there's quite a few options that are all are in the same kind of, you know, average and interest point. And you think the Sharks are going to bounce back and really be keen to show something. So they're going to man up on Tamalolo as well. But that generally doesn't seem to, to bother him too much because he's a wrecking ball. And if he wants to score 70 or 80 fantasy points, it's pretty hard to stop yeah. him. Yeah, the trick is it's either 40s or 70s for him, though. So making him captains or is a bit of a risk as we talked about last week. I think Tamalola is a sort of player with, you know, the fact that the Cowboys are understaffed. He's the guy who's going to take it on himself to shoulder a lot of the load. Um, and the guy who's going to look up and see your gallons and Fafitas in the opposition line and just decide he's going to make a point. I can see him getting 100 plus post-contact metres this week and hopefully some bust to go with it. All right, the Raiders take on the Panthers in something that's building as a bit of a bit of rivalry. Josh Mansour was talking to NRL.com early in the week, talking about there's a bit of hatred at the moment between these two teams. It should be an absolute cracker. Uh, Canberra, no team changes, and their new strategy that's revolutionising rugby league of taking it six weeks at a time seems to be working because they're on a winning streak. Uh, they still look long odds of forcing their way into the finals, and this is, this is the game. They've had several, you know, tight losses, but they have to win this one, especially after throwing away that game in Bathurst against the Panthers. Yeah, it's a massive game for the for the finals. I mean, it should be great to watch anyway. They're two fantastic attacking teams. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, yeah, I mean, fantasy-wise, it's pretty much about the backs, I guess, for these teams. Um, for the Raiders, uh, their outside backs should do pretty well. The Panthers have a lot of missed tackles this year. Um, they're not a bad team, but they just miss a lot of tackles. So that probably is a good chance for lots of tackle breaks for your Jordan Rapanas. Kotrick, uh, who Kotrick, just, had another great an game. breakout superstar. Yeah, the centers as well. So um, I'm not dropping Leilua into that conversation. <laughs> I'd rather Kotrick and Rapana at this, at this point in the season. But, um, yeah, you're probably right there with their, their tackle breaks and running meters. Those two guys are just carving up. Yeah, anything else for Canberra? Yeah, well, I mean, on you mentioned Leilua. Um, I need him to play this week because I've lost Jared Hayne, who's my backup centre. Um, he obviously went off injured last week. We think it was a knock, um, so just a bruising that needed some icing. It wasn't a structural thing, it wasn't a medial strain that's going to put him on the sidelines, we don't think, 
Um, so fingers crossed he plays. He's been okay of late. Obviously, he went through a horror patch right after a lot of us, including myself, Rated jumped on him. Yep. Um, yeah, he got 35 or 36 with a try last week. He basically, if he gets a try, he's good for a you know a 40 plus usually with a few busts. Just they need to go to that side. Um, Rapana's been pretty reliable, getting enough bust to, to be good for 35, 40, even on a, a quiet week. So I think Jared Croker's he's two of his his two top scores this year have come in the last three rounds or something. So he's finally showing the, the fantasy form that we all know he's capable of as well. All right, the Panthers coming home with a wet sail, despite their coach saying that anyone that had them as premiership favourites didn't know anything about rugby league. They're really showing their, their potential. Peter Wallace out with a broken hand. He's having a plate inserted this week, I think. Uh, the news on him is that he'll be back in two weeks, which, I mean, it's Peter Wallace, it's a broken hand, and sure, just two weeks and he'll be back in the side. So Serna Katoa replaced him at hooker. Trent Marin could make his return, and Nathan Cleary... Since the buyers, I think he's been averaging, what, 70, 75, absolutely carving up. Had another monster score, kicking myself that I didn't trade him in for months the last week. He's coming into the legend, uh, the Ninja Turtles this week, but uh, what, what are we thinking? Clear he's pretty much a must-have, and he's almost 600 grand now. Yeah, so two tries last week and a try save, lots of kick metres as usual, kicking goals, so it's all going right for Nathan Cleary and the Panthers in general at the moment. Um, it's kind of always been the case that, you know, if the Panthers are winning games, then Cleary would be scoring well. They were really ordinary at the start of the year. He didn't do much, and now he's on fire. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can rely on more 90s and 100s from him, but um, his space sets are good, and they're attacking well. So that should keep, you know, those points should keep coming. Yeah, with the halves that are unavailable, Sean Johnson and obviously Munster's been in and out, I think Cleary's basically a, a must-have for the run home. Uh, can score okay in a loss, obviously can score absolutely massive when the uh, the attacking stats start rolling in. I'm fascinated by this game in general. I don't know if the Panthers have actually been going all that well. They've won, I think, four straight, but you know they scraped home against the Bulldogs, who weren't good. They only just beat the Cowboys, who it's were... more than that straight. I think they've won... Was it five? Five. Yeah. Yeah. The Cowboys were catastrophically undermanned last week, and Penrith only just got out of jail, basically off the back of Nathan Cleary being amazing um, last week. And I think if... Um, if we get to the end of the season and Penrith are in eighth and Canberra in ninth, that Bathurst game is going to be what we look back on as, as costing Canberra a finals berth. They'll be just desperate for revenge in this one. So pretty tantalising game all round. All right, the final game of the round. The Bulldogs take on the Sea Eagles. Uh, Josh Reynolds out with a calf injury, hopefully uh, set to return for the round 26 for his last game in Bulldogs colours. Cassiano also out. Uh, Frawley starts in the halves. Elliot named in the second row. For Taylor Mariner on the bench. Leacher back on the interchange. Uh, the Bulldogs, like the Titans, probably just hoping that this season can come to an end. They've had lots of off-field stuff happening as well. Uh, they've been in the media a lot lately, but fantasy-wise, what what are we... Yeah, well, I mean... James <laughs> Graham, James Graham exactly. I guess, has started scoring that's, well again. That's the good news. He got 70-something last week, uh, which is good to see. Former fantasy gun, had, had a bit of a lean shot uh, until then, so... You know, you don't want to put too much weight on one round of footy, but if people are desperate to sell a front row and want a cheaper option, he'd be under 400 grand. Um, you know, he's, he's won. 
But uh, beyond that, have we got anything to There's say? There's not about a lot of enthusiasm it? coming. Very from... little I like about the Bulldogs at the moment in a fantasy or an NRL sense. They're, they're kind of hard to watch. The points aren't coming. The fantasy scores aren't coming. James Graham had a good one last week with the try, but I wouldn't be counting on him to, you know, when you've got guys available like, you know, Nathan Brown and Paul Vaughan and guys who are just scoring a lot more reliably, I can't least. Really, I don't know why you'd still have him after he's, you know, he went through some scoring struggles and then obviously was out with his neck injury for a month or, or six weeks. So, yeah, not much to, to get excited about here, I don't think. And the final team news for the week for Manly after throwing away a game against the Tigers and they were awful in that second half. Uh, Sound Br- a bit bitter there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> not bitter. They were just, they were just, yeah, not good. Uh, Brian Kelly replaces Brad, pa- Brad, pa- Brad Parker, easy for me to say, uh, who hurt his knee. <laughs> it's a tough name. It is a tough name. He hurt his knee in that last carry before knocking on the ball. Uh, they thought it was an ACL, but I don't think it's that bad. Um, obviously, he dropped the ball coming out of his own end, and the mm. Tigers, you know, scored. If Cherry Evans had gone down, maybe it would have been ruled as obstruction, but it was a, it was a fair try. But uh, to power, obviously, got to move on from that game. Got to move on. <laughs> Still a chance to make the finals. Uh, to power, obviously disappointing again. He's rocks and diamonds at the moment, and Manly really need him to stand up because when he hasn't been performing, they have been a bit hit and miss. Yeah, he was well contained. He seemed to be giving away a penalty almost every every set in that game, which was uh, bad for Manly and also for the coaches who own him. Um, Cherry Evans still good, great first half, obviously not so great in the second half. Uh, Tom Travojevic probably had a game he won't look back on too fondly, throwing a couple of intercepts, which cost him four fantasy points. But um, Surely their line break assist, he threw two perfect <laughs> cutout boxes that led yeah. to 80 metre breaks. Right down the onto other the end. chest of David Nofaluma, yeah. I don't think he'll be throwing those uh, quite so... Uh, What's the word? He'll be having a bit of a closer look before he throws those spiral cutouts uh, in the coming weeks. Fantasy-wise, Tapao was 57 the week before, so he's obviously still capable, but he's yeah, obviously up and down as well. Um, anyone else? Yeah, I mean, you'd expect them to bounce back, you know, both fantasy-wise and, uh, you know, they, sh- they should win. They've got a lot of motivation to bounce back after that game. They're playing a Bulldogs team who... You know, he's playing terribly and don't want to be there. So, you know, you expect they should win the game and all those guys we've talked about should score pretty well. Yeah, so I can't see Bulldogs winning this one. Um, Cherry Evans, you think, is going to be at the centre of whatever they're doing. What about Appy Coruscant? He was absolutely amazing in that game, especially in the, the first half. He got a rest for the last 10 or 15, but he created two tries. He's been in wonderful form in a just a, a rugby league sense and scoring not too bad. Are we, he's probably a tier below your McInnes's and that, but we're getting thin on hookers outside of Smith and McInnes at the moment. Yeah, so just buy Smith and McInnes. All right, <laughs> moving on. And apologies to Brad Parker for absolutely butchering his <laughs> name. Uh, don't know what happened there, but let's get straight into the NRL fantasy questions. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. All right, the first question comes from Sam Turner. Uh, it's an actual draft question, which we haven't had a lot of those this year. Uh, he's playing his draft GF this weekend. Was already weak at the hooker, with uh, obviously with Isaac Luke. Now the only options are Roach, Cook or King. What are your thoughts on this? 
Kings make a lot of tackles King. last week. Yeah, 57 tackles. 57 tackles for 48 points with a, a few misses, unfortunately. He's been so close to getting a try so many times. He's de determined to, to barge his way over from dummy half. And as someone who jumped on him when he came in for Kayser Pritchard, I really wouldn't mind a try or two just to bump up his price before I'd probably get Smith back. Um, given the unreliability of minutes on the other two guys who are both job sharing, I'd definitely go King, who's almost guaranteed 80 minutes. All right, Kiri Two Nation. Who is the one wing fullback or centre you would trade in for the run home, which was not Cameron Munster? I can get anyone besides him. Uh, from memory, Kiri's in the top two or three hundred, uh, doing really well overall. So this is a kind of a big decision. Can't bring in Munster, but who would well, you? Well, it depends who he has, but Tedesco's the best. Obviously, yeah, Tedesco. Fullback. Yeah. Um, Tom Turbo's probably the best centre. Mm. Um, There's other guys going well. Like, you know, we talked about Gagai before and. Um, Slater's pretty reliable, but yeah, Teddy's easily the top if you don't and have And Roberts, him. I guess, is the, the other one that you might be worth a gamble on with the Broncos going okay. In the centres, yeah, otherwise it's you know two of us, Shek and Edwards and so on at fullback. All right, uh, this is a life lesson for everyone playing fantasy. Lachlan Hancock, why did my past self think selling Crichton and Munster was a good idea? We always say that uh, don't sell keepers. Obviously, people were tempted when Crichton jumped out to be the most expensive player to try to cash him out, but there's a reason he was the most expensive player because he just kept pumping out massive scores. Yeah, I wouldn't beat myself up about selling Munster too much. Um, missed a couple of games with injury, you know, no points to be scored there. Uh, Crichton, though, has just been amazing, you know, so um, I, I can't really help that. I hope he spent the money wisely. I can't think of a, any point during the year when selling Crichton was a good idea, so sorry <laughs> about that one. <laughs> Better luck next year. All right, Alessandro Taloka, do you think upgrading Scott to Gaga is a good tra or trade or is it sideways? Are there sideways trades now? Like you've only got two or three trades left. It's all about trying to maximise. So I don't think sideways at the start of the year, you probably don't want to do it because you're burning trades. But at this point, if you think that Gagai is going to score more points... Yeah, then every point matters at this stage, um, both in the overall race and in head-to-head -head games. They're all getting pretty close. Um, yeah, I would think Gagai would probably outscore Scott. It's a huge upgrade, surely. Scott's really... He's played out oil, lately. Yeah. His first two or three games were amazing, but he's obviously a, a youngster and people are onto him now, so he's going to have a bit of a tougher time getting those 70s and 80s still. I mean, in a sense, it's an awkward week. Leaving, I mean, the Knights are in great form, but they play against each other this week. Yeah. Scott's playing for the best team in the comp. Gagai's playing for the team that's going to come last. So, you know, you can imagine Scott getting a try or two this week. Gagai might be contained, so it mm. might be a strange week to do it, but you know, I can see some logic there well that's it when it's such a small sample size of games remaining you know if it's a season-long trade i'd say gaga is a big upgrade from curtis scott but you know maybe scott gets 60 and gaga gets 30 this week and you cost yourself 30 points like you don't you can't predict a one-off game you know gaga might get injured at the start like you, you just don't know but yeah on the on on the face of it it's a big upgrade all right just jacob wants to know any captaincy roughies this week obviously this is going to be a huge talking point probably in our blog as well um, talking about, you know, when you're going head-to-head -head with people and you don't want to captain Cam Smith, and obviously we talked about the, the chance that he might get rested. Who are, obviously, you're looking at your Taumalolos and those sort of guys, but um, who are we looking at? He, who did he captain last week? He captained Cleary, which obviously worked out really well for mm. him. Um, but that's obviously a gamble, depending on... Yeah, if you captain a back, you pretty much need them to score at least one try for it to be worthwhile so clearly he had a huge game but he scored twice and you can't bank yep. on that every week um so yeah for that reason i prefer forwards so yeah tamalolo debellin um nathan brown's in great form uh who else mannering i guess 
I mean, on their day, guys. you know, Vaughan can get 70 or 80 if he gets a try. You know, McInnes we saw last week. If you want a real roughie, then yeah, Cleary or Tedesco. Uh, unlikely to hurt you too badly if they don't have a big game and could potentially go massive. But it's, yeah, it's the DeBellins, Crichtons, you know, Even Tedesco, as we were saying earlier, he's in fantastic form because he keeps hitting high 50s. And you've got guys like Cameron McGuinness who hit mid-50s on a regular basis. So it's, yeah, going forwards is always a much safer option. Certainly what I'd recommend, yeah. All right, quick one. To power or DCE as 17th man? I don't know what the roster is like, but if you've got a choice of these two, uh, your roster is pretty strong. Yeah, daily for me. Yeah. Nice and easy. Uh, this one's nice and easy. My team is basically complete. Uh, my centres are the only problem. Who is the most pressing, Hain or... Uh, Sione Mataudia, and obviously with the breaking news that we had earlier, uh, it's time to trade out Hayne probably. Yeah, I think yep. that made it much simpler. I probably would have traded out Hayne anyway, but um, yes, now that he's out, he's the one to go. And yep. the final bonus question, uh, best option out of Roberts, Gagai or Tom Turbo? Uh, final one for this week. Uh, there's a lot to think about there, but... I'd say Tom Turbo? Yeah, they're the best three available at centre. Turbo's been good all year. The other guys have kind of had form spikes without being as consistent. Gagai's recent form's been outstanding, though. Yeah. It is tricky. As you say, it's only three yeah. weeks to go. So, you know, recent form might count for more all of a sudden. Yeah. But, um, on form, I'd go Gagai, I think. Yeah. There you go. All right, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AntroRound321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at CKennedy80. Apologies to Brad Parker. Enjoy the footy. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.